0: chapters 1 to 10 of Kryloff's fables this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by kevin davidson krilov's fables by ivan andrevich krilov selected and translated by c fillingham coxwell md chapter 1 the mice in council once on a time the mice aspired through deeds to glitter despising every cat of either sex they would the lives of cook and mistress vex what topic than a mouse's glory could be fitter to hear it folk would strain their necks a council should be called Whither must come no sitter whose tail was not of special length? Tails were not wrong, if as the body long. A mouse with well-developed tails, a sound adviser, In all things wiser than nibblers of less stately kind. Here to extenuate, in honor let us mention, That to a man's attire and beard we give attention, When we are critics of his mind. "'Twas held by free consent and common feeling "'that none but long-tailed mice might tread the council-room. "'Thus, if in fight any had met her doom as to her tail, "'there could be no appealing. Taillessness was of folly a revealing or careless dealing. "'There was no other course to choose. "'Tails lost must warn the mice, no tails to lose.' so matters were arranged and duly came the meeting as soon as darkest hours occurred in the great meal-bin talk was heard the mice were plans completing but scarcely they the task assailed when lo arrives a rat without a tail observing this a tiny mouse and youthful nudges a grey-haired mate and gently asks her By what fate a tailless rat is there? Let her be truthful. What then has happened to our law? Loud say, I pray, that he must instantly withdraw, for sure our people all dislike a crippled creature. How should he prove of use, ere of advantage be, that could not keep himself from a misfortune free? His presence in debate will be an evil feature, THE ELDER ANSWERED THUS, BE SAGE AND NOT A FOOL. HE WAS MY FRIEND AT SCHOOL. CHAPTER two: THE PIKE Against a pike was lodged the plaint. He'd made the pond a home unpleasant. It was a reason for restraint, and that the rogue in person should be present. He from the water in a tub was brought." THE MAGISTRATES NEARBY COLLECTING IN A RICH MEADOW PASTURE SOUGHT, HERE IS A LIST OF THOSE THE CAPTIVE'S CASE affecting: TWO ASSES GATHERED THERE, TWO ANCIENT SORRY HORSES, AND OF GOATS A PAIR, WHILE ALSO, AS A GENERAL INSPECTOR, A FOX WAS OF THE PROSECUTION THE DIRECTOR, among the people, rumor said, this pike supplied the fox with fish his table spread. Nevertheless, the judges were in no way partial, letting no wile or trend of vulpine tricks obscure their crystal vision. They must fix upon a judgment free from politics.' Against the guilty one their forces marshal, and sinners to deter, suspend him from a beam. "'My lord,' pronounced the fox, "'I am for death as sentence. "'Hanging is over good, despite the rogue's repentance. "'The punishment should be remarkable, extreme. "'To make a wicked life both dangerous and frightful, the pike should now be drowned.' A verdict rightful! exclaimed the judges, surely no way spiteful, and threw the pike into a stream. Chapter three The Eagle and the Mole O'er great forest regions flying, a splendid eagle sped, preceding far his mate. They purposed on a mighty oak to wait, until among the branches should be lying within a nest a brood derived from mutual love. There they would tend their fledglings through sweet days of summer, calls upward a fresh comer, who views from earth the king above. This ancient tree is hardly fitted for a dwelling, through rotting roots is insecure. We'll topple, escape the woodman's felling, so utters from a hole a voice demure. BUT IF A SOVEREIGN BIRD SHOULD TAKE FROM A BENIGHTED AN ABJECT MOLE ADVICE, WHO THEN WOULD PRAISE IN FUTURE DAYS EAGLE'S KEEN-SIGHTED? HOW DARED A MOLE REFLECT ON HIGHER BEINGS' WAYS SO DRYLY? THE MONARCH, STERNLY GLANCED, BUT NOTHING SAID, WOULD HEAR NO LITTLE MOLE, RETURN TO WORK INSTEAD, DEFTLY PREPARED A FUTURE BED and rest for one he honored highly and welcomed with her soon precocious eaglets wily what next it happened once at dawn that to the nest flew with a tiny fawn as a rich breakfast in his talons the fond father the oak as he alas must gather had with a crash both mate and young to earth down drawn O anguish! O what dread affliction! Grievously am I cursed! Fate for my pride has sent me punishment the worst! Because I would not heed a wise and shrewd prediction, yet how in truth could I expect an humble mole would sage advice to me direct? If you had not despised my message, was muttered from below, you might have used my presage. I dig my holes beneath the earth, learn much of life well-nigh from birth of news concerning trees for moles, there's never dearth. Chapter Four. The bear among the bees in spring, the beasts, perhaps with thoughts of nectar, appoint a surly bear of beehives, their inspector, such officer, alert to be and true, Bruins for honey over eager of honesty but meagre yet brutes possess a curious point of view the post although enthralling does not suit every one and so in fun the bear assumes the calling but harm is done since bruin in his den the honeycombs collected until the beasts by rage affected for law pronounced it an affair ere long much nettled THE JUDGES SETTLED, THE WICKED ROGUE SHOULD SPEND THE WINTER IN HIS LAIR. MANY ARE HERE OF JUSTICE LOVERS, YET NONE THE STOLEN COMBS RECOVERS, FROM ONE THAT EVIL BOLDLY PERPETRATES, SO LONG THE HAPPY SELF DISPORTER IN HIS WARM, COMFORTABLE QUARTER, CALMLY HIS TASTE FOR HONEY SATES, AN EXPEDITION NEW AWAITS. CHAPTER V. THE PEASANT and the sheep. A peasant hauled a sheep to court, and pressed against her there a serious objection. A fox, as judge, is ready for a false detection. Hears plaintiff first, and then defendant in retort. Taking in turn each point, and cool though others stammer, he seeks the cause of all the clamor. The peasant says, my Lord, when visiting my yard, I found two chickens missing. Twas an early morning, only their bones and feathers served me as warning. This sheep alone was there on guard. The sheep replies, "No strange event, My slumber's marred. prithee, the evidence of neighbours don't discard against me. Never was brought a charge of thieving or other crime." at any time as to my tasting flesh tis notion past conceiving here are the foxes judgments from their earliest weaving i no way can accept the pleadings of this sheep because all rogues are skilled to keep their wicked purposes from others tis clear from plaintiff's words that on the given night defendant held the foul house well in sight now who can think she smothers an inborn wish for viand's choice so i decide by conscience sacred voice she cannot have admitted hens were her unfitted her guilt is clear and lets the peasant win the carcass goes to me and he will get the skin chapter six the oak and the reed once a majestic oak said to a little reed weakling You surely are with nature disenchanted, To bear a tiny sparrow would your powers exceed. If but a puff of wind to stifle folk be granted, Forthwith you quiver, shake, and losing strength, So far in misery lean over. I'm pained to view your prostrate length. I, like Caucasian heights, give mortals shade and cover, Protect them fully from the sun's infuriate rays can laugh at whirlwinds and the hurricane's displays. By my erectness men amaze, as if by vast inviolable might befriended. But as for you, your life is restlessness unended. Had you but grown in some fine neighborhood, famous for forest trees enriched with oaken wonders, I would have guarded you even when heaven thunders. But cruel nature set you near no wood, led you to troublous shores of blustrous dominions, which little care or wreck concerning your opinions." "'You are compassionate,' the little reed replied, "'but prithee do not grieve. I can my lot abide. For me no storms or whirlwinds matter. I yield, but neither break nor shatter. The tempests cause me little harm. Perhaps they more yourself discomfort and alarm.' tis true that till this hour unaltered in position you have withstood the gale's ambition survived its doughty blows need never humbly bend well let us wait the end the reed has scarcely thus clear spoken when from the far tempestuous north wind swept with rain and hail and noisy hurried forth at first the haughty oak stood firm unbroken but soon the gusts drove with redoubled force and shrieked upwrenching in their course the lofty form which strove toward heaven dauntless hearted while with its roots it touched the graves of shades departed. Chapter 7 The Gnat and the Shepherd. Relying on his dogs, a shepherd calmly slept, till spying him, a serpent hither crept from neath a bush with motion sure and steady. Then, brandishing its tongue, its fangs made ready. A gnat. Adventurous, sly, scheming to outwit, sharply, the sleeper bit, who woke in time, twin actions to commit, he slew the snake, as well the gnat, with force unfit, being dazed with sleep, as after a draught heady. In human life's strange circling eddy, should but a weakling dare, meaning however well, to ope to truth the eyes of persons stronger, his chastisement will certain be and longer than here befell chapter eight the chest when obstacles arrest our steps and courage test oh then without a good beginning we've little chance of winning home from the maker's hands was brought a handsome chest whose neatness exquisite and workmanship astounded By its intrinsic charms, observers all confounded, but soon into the room a skilled mechanic pressed, and looking at the box said, Yes, the scheme is hidden. You will not find the lock. Though I will hunt it out, if only I am bidden, but kindly do not at me mock. The chest will open, for its secret I'll discover Of things mechanical, I'm somewhat of a lover. Keen for his task, he brave began, Oft turned the box to find the plan. Ere long, perplexed, his head he scratches. Importance unto this small nail or knob attaches, Looks at the chest, and still can find A way to use his mind folk whisper amongst themselves and even grow unkind hear all he to their ears can offer not here not so no there yet looks he at the coffer perspires and grows fatigued at last far from the box he passed had no way guessed the truth when trying first to win it the chest was open at that minute chapter nine the fox and the marmot why now upon a journey art thou set intently so to a fox a marmot spoke dear friend i flee from evil folk falsely accused depart they used me pestilently thou knowest i was in the poultry yard a judge there toiled and lost my health as might a common drudge." Mere scraps of food, as mind could number, Obtained no proper slumber, Will never more the place encumber With my superior form. Just for a moment think, Oh, what will happen if to slander people sink? Do I extort? Am I grown old and doting? Pray, has it ever come within Thy careful noting, That I to weakness am any way inclined? Answer on, carefully reflecting, I've thought it strange thy muzzle, when inspecting, thereon a little down to find. What worries has the office holder? The cost of living sadness makes him older. But suddenly becoming bolder, he enters on a costly game. His wife seeks fame, no fortune they've come into, and yet to build a house, buy freeholds they begin to how can his salary provide for splendid shows you will not far from truth be straying nor deeply erring if you're saying some specks of down appear upon his nose chapter Ten: the wolves and the sheep in danger from such wolves the lambs were sure to perish hence though delaying long at last the rulers of the beasts thinking the sheep to cherish debated how their votes to cast and then to needed action passed tis true that at the council wolves were in great number but none has proved in wolves kind feelings always slumber here's the truth exact wolves have been gazed at oft that with a manner almost pensive display before their prey a nature soft, having well gorged themselves, are inoffensive, they therefore properly may on committees sit, as sheep should not to misery submit. So wolves have rights, at times may benefit. The conference is held in a deserted valley, whither the beasts to argue rally, with effort real, construct a novel law, devoid of any seeming flaw, As soon as any wolf the flock shall worry, a sheep forthwith to him shall hurry, desist not, though she fear him much, but lightly on the paw him touch, and lead him to a wood, where one of several judges, well settling each complaint, in every righteous cause, nor time, nor labor grudges. I've noted since, I've grown with all acquaint, that though the sheep should let no wolf annoy them, yet that whoever's right in a dispute the savage wolves fast speeding in pursuit of sheep destroy them end of chapters one to ten